both friendlier and fatter than Foggy Nelson, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on Cape Crisis, where we talk about the newest events in the world of comic books, graphic novels, the movies and TV shows based upon them, and our signature superhero spotlight. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Hello, everybody. And by everybody, I mean my uh, regular two co-hosts here, Chris Antista. Happy to be here, man. And Brett Elston. Hey. Still cruising. Always fun. Man, so uh, I got to tell you, comic book television shows feel... I just feel over goddamn well by them. Like I'm two episodes behind on Flash because I had to, I felt like I had to watch 13 hours of Daredevil in in four days. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Shit. like we got fucking Batman and Superman on top of us, and then I got to watch the Supergirl Flash race as well next Monday. It's like, geez, Louise. First of all, watch your mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, second of all, Jeepers Creepers. I I. I- I guess, yeah, Flash is back this week, isn't it? Uh, yes, there was a new Flash Damn last it. night that revealed Zoom, more Zoom stuff, as far as I could tell by Twitter. Uh, and I don't know, though, if it leads to his move over to the uh, Supergirl universe, until because uh. that's Monday's episode. But I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, so I don't, there's, but, no, there's no way I'll be able to watch the Supergirl episode, though, is there? Um, yeah, on the CBS app. Yeah, dude, the... got to sign up for Star Trek anyway. Just start now. Uh, I guess, yeah. You they don't have it with commercials, I Well, think. I guess you don't have to have a cable provider since it's a broadcast network, yeah. right? Or, I mean, get home, yeah, get to your house uh, by 9 o'clock and just watch it live on television. Oh, that's a very thought. All, you know, I know, all that's 12 disgusting. minutes of commercials. Like... Well, if you watch it on the CBS, like, in web app, you don't I know, have to I know. watch those I mean, that's how the well. FX app is, trying to watch the OJ thing. It's like, oh, here's 17 minutes of... How to have priorities. Like, like, Juice! What? That's a good show. What are we going to do, Juice? <laughs> that, man. Uh, his, well, his impersonal... Like, the voice he adopts to be OJ doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, even OJ, I believe I read a thing that OJ said. He's not playing me right. Like, <laughs> my voice isn't that squeaky. It's this weird affected voice. Like, he... What are you doing? Yeah, it sounds like it's had 800 packs of cigarettes. I'm just the juice. But I'm the juice. Uh, I'm the I'm an old blues man. I'm not black. I'm the juice. Yeah. Uh, guys, the, the, while well, we were talking about Daredevil, the show, because Netflix season two has come out, I've watched all 13 episodes of... Uh, Brett's only about 10 in. Chris has finished the whole season. You finished Peter it first. Has. Yeah. And found time to watch Pee Wee. You had a very free weekend. All weekend birthday binge. Yeah. and uh, But we're not going to talk spoilers on that here. We will have that after uh, the break. That's when we'll have our spoilerific Daredevil talk. If you haven't binged on it yet, you can save it for later. But we will definitely have some Daredevil talk because he's this week's Superhero Spotlight. Select your hero. You run around dressed like a moron, beating people up! It's not that simple, and you know it. No! I don't know shit! <laughs> not about this! Okay, so you get these whatever you call them when you're a kid. How do you go from that to what you're doing now? It's an important question. How does Daredevil, Matt Murdock, go from that to what he's doing now? Well, let's hear another Daredevil answer that. <laughs> my blindness seemed to enhance all my other senses. It was a kind of a natural radar, but it was so new it confused me. Then I met a mysterious man named Stick. He helped me to live up to the nickname that the kids used to tease me when they thought I was blind and helpless. The Daredevil. Now, I am confident, fearless. 
Man, that's that a, voice. Yeah, his. I am an. What the hell was that? That was his casting on the Spider-Man yeah. animated oh. series. He's being played by one Edward Albert. Is that just him monologuing at Spider-Man? Um, it's actually him thinking to himself okay. because he meets Peter Parker, and then Peter Parker's like, "Well, wait, how did you get blind? Oh, this stuff happened." And then he's he's like, "Well, good night, Peter Parker." Peter Parker leaves, and he says, "If only I could have told you the rest yeah. of my story." There was and then a, he yeah. internally monologues to himself. There's a lot of the Spider-Man cartoon because it made sense because that mm-hmm. Spider-Man does that a lot in the comics, yeah. especially back then. So I I don't love all the Spider-Man animated series casting, and Daredevil is one of them. He sounds like he's eighty. Like yeah, he's he just... sounds old. And then uh, I remember when the the O three movie came out, uh, mm-hmm. they put out. This is before they got wise to oh people want to buy things in seasons huh yeah and it was just here's a DVD called Spider Man versus Daredevil mm-hmm. and it was like the three episodes or just whatever three episodes yeah. give us twenty bucks yeah do it uh, but so yeah we are talking about Daredevil one Matt Murdock who just starred in the second season of his Netflix series and he's been around for over fifty years wow. he first appeared in April nineteen sixty four in obviously daredevil number one he is a silver age creation of marvel he came right around the time fantastic four iron man spider-man hulk all those guys around he is a he's a couple years into the big swing of things mm. in silver age yeah. and he came to exist because stan lee was working with bill everett who bill everett created the submariner and he was a major force in golden age marvel mm-hmm. and this was going to be his newest project when he goes back to Marvel now that it's hot again. But as this is a story as told by Mark Evanier, who is a comic writer slash historian who also is a personal assistant to Jack Kirby and knows a ton of ancient Marvel history. He says that uh, Bill Everett has what we they nicely refer to as a drinking problem. <laughs> and and so he gets out the first issue and he barely gets four issues in and he's gone and, and replaced. But it's also there's some talk of how much Jack Kirby is involved in Daredevil's creation mm. because Bill Everett was having problems and needed help. And uh, Jack Kirby couldn't remember how much he'd done on it, but he did help finish the book in time for publishing because Bill was late. But the credited creators are Stanley and Bill Everett. That's when he was created. And even in the first issue, they're like, I got blinded by radioactive stuff. It enhanced my... An isotope, I believe. And a radioactive isotope while stopping a man from getting run over by a truck. Mm-hmm. It was classic Silver Age Marvel stuff. Radioactivity... All nuclear. Goes to the brain, mm-hmm. and he gets superpowers. He's got the radar senses that basically give him sight, but he pretends to be blind the whole time. Isn't the- it cool that like we're seeing people, like blind people, emerge with what they call echolocation? Mm-hmm. And a couple of... I was, I was riding in a car with a bunch of educators talking about this, and like... I can't not talk about Daredevil for like nine minutes now. I'm sorry. If you're going to talk about... Because it really exists. There are kids who make clicking noises and can see objects through hearing. I read this cracked article once that uh, a misconception in movies is when they want somebody to act blind in a movie. Mm -hmm. When they've hired blind people, they get around too well. They're like, no, no, no. You got to blind it up. Act like you can't (laughs) find stuff. He's like, but I do know where my chair is. Like, I'm not going to bump into stuff. Like, it's... It, but that's where Daredevil got started, and it's a classic, like, lame thing of justice is blind, and so yeah. am I. Because he always was, <laughs> from the beginning, he was a lawyer yeah. whose dad was a boxer who was killed. He didn't take a dive in a fight, which is like the most 1940s <laughs> thing ever. And the guy who told him to take a dive in the fight was The Fixer. That was his name. Man, I should have should have guessed when he's named that. And he's like, why did I make deals with The Fixer? He wanted me to fix my fights. <laughs> yeah. Then The Fixer kills his father. Matt Murdock puts on a costume to chase after The Fixer. And in a very convenient 1960s way, The Fixer is so scared of Daredevil, 
he gets a heart attack oh, and yeah. dies in a fall in a way that is no fault of Matt Murdock. So <laughs> Matt Murdock didn't kill him. Uh, and that's when he had the yellow and red costume. They also establish the trio of supporting characters hmm. uh, that it's him, Karen Page, the secretary, and his law partner, Franklin Foggy Nelson. They were all there from the beginning. So huh. there wasn't, there's definitely going to be a lot of retrofitting we talk about Daredevil later, but from there, he was pretty set with that stuff. And I will say that first six issues or so, mm-hmm. not very good. No, they really aren't, honestly. Like, Dick Ayers takes over as artist, though. They, they also realize that uh, that costume sucks. It is one of the most stupidly action figure Venture Brothers outfits <laughs> I have ever yeah. seen. And even, like, Wally Wood is an e- old EC artist who takes over for a little bit with issue 7, and that's when the red costume comes in. So mm. he has that yellow costume for six issues. Yeah. Six! Yeah. That's it. Which, even back then, they're like, yeah, we got to get rid of this. Exactly. Not and, even thinking about toys and merchandise. Just like, yeah, this looks this stupid. Looks terrible let's get rid of the negaduck uh outfits, <laughs> now, when you look back on those He'll early, eventually own us anyway when you look back on those early daredevil comics they they aren't that compelling because he just felt like spider-man jr yeah, yeah which is why well, i'm sure we'll go through this but mm-hmm. uh, all the way through when i was a kid i just that's i thought that's what he was he's a lame mm-hmm. not not as cool as spider-man nerd no and they also they play up his catholicism a little bit but it's not really a big deal but that is a core thing to daredevil which yeah. not to skip ahead to netflix but i do like that they keep that in the show like he's a guilty catholic yeah. that is a big part of matt murdoch and you think of at least three big death scenes in the comics that occur like at a tabernacle matt murdoch should never go to church again he's yeah. like, someone will die if i'm yeah. in this church i there's, just can't i just can't be here sorry there's nobody in this church in 2016 except the person whose death you are responsible for <laughs> but in the early books he he sometimes would fight borrowed spider-man villains mm-hmm. like the enforcer but yeah. he also got some of his own early guys like owl and stilt man <laughs> the owl they've kind of turned him into a, a good mob boss and he also he had wolverine claws before they were cool mm-hmm. they weren't under his skin though but he did yeah. have those. did he eventually inherit the kingpin yeah that, that'll happen in like the brewbaker years mm-hmm. but yes yeah. and uh and while meanwhile stilt man he is such a joke like he became a joke within marvel and he's just the guy of like oh everybody beat me up I'm still man mm-hmm. he's, he's the first guy you fight in Mega Man 12 <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that it was so early that his secret identity is compromised mm-hmm. in number 25 wow Spider-Man sends him a letter that accidentally re- reveals his secret identity dear Daredevil <laughs> aka Matt uh, oh by the yes, way daisy I hate to make this all about Spider-Man like I do in any Marvel one but the connection to Spider-Man begin, like Spider-Man yeah. guest stars in issue 16 which is jo- drawn by John Romita Sr., mm. who would then like graduate to Spider-Man once Steve Ditko left. John Romita had stopped doing super comics. He'd done all these romance books, and he was like, I don't even want to draw anymore. And then once Stanley saw he was really good at Spider-Man, he's like, hey, this Steve Ditko guy hates me. I need a, <laughs> I need a new artist. Come over here. His secret identity gets compromised, and then he introduces a fake twin brother named Mike Murdoch. Oh where he God. puts contacts in his eyes so he doesn't look blind. It's like, no, I'm not mad at Mike. I can see stuff. I'm fun loving Mike. And I was actually Daredevil, but now a new guy's Daredevil. It's not me. See ya. You have multiple Gosh. secret identities. Mike Murdoch will appear lots of times in, in over his history. And that's also when Karen Page figures out he's Daredevil and quits. And he's just kind of in flux for a while. Uh, in the early 70s, Jerry Conway takes over, moves Daredevil to San Francisco in issue 81. Oh. So he w- he'd been in San Francisco before, too. There's nothing Recently new under he was the there. And he was working was slash living. Was Black Widow then? He was working yeah. slash living with Black Widow, and it became 
Daredevil and Black Widow on the title card. It was their book together. And they've Black Widow's had a number of relationships with superheroes. Two He's, unmarried adults living in sin. Well, funnily enough, I, there was the fact that in the Comic Code Authority, they were not allowed to cohabitate if they were unmarried. Like <sighs> that was that was frowned upon by the old Comic Code Authority. So the way they got around that was uh, Jerry Conway said, "Well, okay, they live in the same building, but on different floors." And Black Widow has a guard that lives with Jesus her to make sure Christ. no hanky panky's going on. God, this like Puritan roots of this I country, know, it's, man. It's like so... you can vigilante justice beat people up all day, but you better get married before you hold hands. <laughs> it, hey, if it, if it makes sense with any character, it's the strong Catholic bent, which I can <laughs> barely relate to. R.I.P. Grandma. <laughs> uh, well, so then it's getting so unpopular. Daredevil isn't canceled, but it is brought down to bi-monthly, mm. which also happened to the X-Men in the 70s, too. Like, both were deemed, un- they were kept in print, but deemed unpopular enough to not do on a monthly schedule. Also, then uh, Marv Wolfman takes over. He introduces a character called Bullseye in at 131. Ah. So that's not a Frank Miller creation. He was inherited from uh, Marv Wolfman. And then another writer, Robert McKenzie, takes over in in issue 153. He introduces Ben Urich, Mm. another big part of Daredevil's uh, supporting cast. And he's also a Daily Bugle employee. This was something I didn't know, that he was a Daredevil creation. I thought he was another inherited Spider-Man character. But again, it's a thing of like, oh, he works in Spider-Man's thing. So he's like tangentially Spider-Man. It's another of these things like, separate Daredevil and Spider-Man. They're different dudes. Hilariously played by Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants, in the Ben Affleck movie. McKenzie was not liked by his artist when he was working on it. And the artist complained to Jim Shooter, then editor-in-chief of Marvel, and said... I should be writing this book. Jim Shooter saw some talent in this young man. And so Frank Miller, artist of the book, takes over in issue 168, inked, and then would later just be fully drawn by Klaus Jansen. And this is the era of Daredevil became important again. Daredevil goes, so. goes from a book nearly canceled to becoming monthly again and one of Marvel's hottest properties. Uh, it started in issue 168, in January 1981 and not coincidentally 168 also introduced Frank Miller's biggest new character for Marvel I dare say Elektra Mm -hmm. his college girlfriend turned ninja she opens the floodgate for all ninjas to come into the series sure yeah yeah that's really Frank Miller's thing I think Frank Miller was really into uh, there's this long running cult Japanese film series called Zaruichi Mm -hmm. the blind swordsman oh yeah and if you watch those, you can definitely see Miller's interpretation of Daredevil huh. in there. Daredevil, though not losing his Irish roots or his beating people up in Hell's Kitchen, he's also Zatoichi the Blind Samurai who has a code of honor and beats up evil ninjas. And it's just like so much Japanophile stuff comes into it. It also is where he introduces Stick, Daredevil's master, and the idea of the hand, the evil ninjas, who face the good ninjas run by Stick, the Chaste. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, that's a group I don't hear many names of, honestly. Like the cha- until this is all circa like early eighties. This Frank is all Miller. early eighties. Wow. This is in his early eighties run on the book. It's yeah. In- prior to this, it's him having like lame Spider-Man adventures and yeah. like, fighting lame villains. Like- yeah, mostly lame villains. Some organized crime stuff here and there. 
And Frank Miller takes it to a whole new level, introduces all these cool ninjas. Like, his ninja stuff made them so cool in American comics. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created as a half as a joke response. The yeah. Foot Clan is the hand. The yeah. Foot, the hand. It's a, it was all a parody of them. It was so popular. Mm-hmm. It also changed, as was the style at the time, completely changed Daredevil's origin, retrofitted it. Just like, you know, Alan Moore was doing with, say, Swamp Thing. Frank Miller does. Our very first superhero Matt- spotlight of the modern era. That's right. Wow. Uh, that Matt Murdock, the, he has the important question of, well, wait, just getting radioactive stuff doesn't make you an awesome fighter <laughs> or know how to yeah. like hear everything and then tune it out. He needs training for that. So he creates a character, Stick, who basically is the classic grouchy old kung fu teacher, yeah. the Mr. Miyagi type before Mr. Miyagi existed to teach him stuff he knocks him on the head like don't get cocky kid like <laughs> and he's teaching him and sticks also blind it's how he is the blind master who teaches him to be a blind fighter and, i'm a blind fighter <laughs> and it also introduces the idea that battling jack murdoch was not the awesome dude that mm. he was he was a a sad sack drunk who would occasionally hit matt and just be like uh, you fucking kid you need to gotta learn something don't be like your old man and it introduced this dynamic that matt murdoch wants to get into fights and his dad's like no be a nerd all i did was get into fights i want you reading books or i'll beat you up and (laughs) it also created that daredevil was his nickname bullies called him daredevil just like Come on, uh, what you can do, Daredevil? It's important to note that Daredevils were very popular in the 70s. It's true. Yes. So. Evil Knievel, one yeah, of the biggest celebrities in the universe. I'd say the early Frank Miller era was also defined by introducing the Kingpin. Like They just took Kingpin, a Spider-Man yeah, villain, yeah. and realized he makes much more sense totally. as a gangster boss in Daredevil's world. And it also culminates... 181 is the landmark issue... Because that is the death of Electra, the famous death of Electra cover. Also, though, Frank Miller is like walking Daredevil up to the line of murder. Like, Daredevil knows Bullseye killed Electra. He is out for blood, and he throws Bullseye off of a building with the plan of, like, this kills Bullseye. I've, I've murdered a person. It doesn't kill Bullseye, and he's lucky for that, but. That was how, like, dark Miller took him. Mm-hmm. But the, So then he leaves the book in 191. He comes back for 227 for the Born Again story. Jesus, that's a long break, like three years? Yeah, it was a three-year break, so this is 1986. Mm-hmm. Published at the same time as he's doing Dark Knight Returns, if you can believe it. At the same time as Dark Knight Returns is being published, yeah. he is monthly publishing the Born Again storyline wow. as well. If, but if you read Dark Knight Returns... And look at what Daredevil now is. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the universe that comes from the same person's mind. Yeah, it's seen as Frank Miller gets famous on Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And then DC hires him to be like, could you do Daredevil for Batman though? Yeah. And so it's funny that Daredevil kind of, it's not really a Batman ripoff. I mean, he's also a mass vigilante sure. who doesn't have super strength or whatever. But the, the but, tonally, it still yeah. resonates as the same as Batman to me. Yeah. I mean, like the night, the shadows, yeah. and the Catholicism, uh, the being the getting the shit the kicked guilt. out of you constantly, mm-hmm. the sacrificing, like that. Yeah. Those the, those are in both Miller's Batman and and what Daredevil is from henceforth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, but Born Again is a major story too, where they bring back Karen Page, who is a junkie prostitute at this point. I you know Frank Miller, he's so good with women. He really does so many <laughs> great things with female characters. Karen Page, as a junkie, sells out Daredevil's secret identity for money. That then comes back to Kingpin, who then uses that to destroy Matt Murdock's life. But not expose him, just destroy Mm -hmm. his life. He loses all of his money, his law practice, 
And he basically becomes a bum that Kingpin hopes will just die on the street. But Daredevil comes back from it, rebuilds his life. Mm-hmm. That's where he meets Nuke, who was a character in Jessica Jones. Well, The guy's like, I got to have a red. Give me a red. Nah, man, you got to just stick with blue for right now. The guy who looks like he'll play Leon Kennedy someday. <laughs> that guy totally should be Leon he Kennedy. He looks just like Leon, man. And it also kind of put Daredevil more with the superhero stuff. Captain America is a big figure in that book. And when Iron Man shows up, they put it as like gods fell from the sky. Yeah. Uh, But that series ended with Matt Murdock sort of getting his life back on track, but he is just a ground-level dude working with Karen Page, who has now kicked the habit, and they're going to open a mission together, or they're just going to clean up uh, Hell's Kitchen from the streets. Like Also around this time, I I want to talk about Daredevil. He's had a lot of friends. Uh, Spider-Man has been his bro for Amazing a very Amazing friends. Damn it, I wanted to say it. I wish I had that sound queued up. Uh, <laughs> quick note, this uh, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends music is the intro to the videos of Superhero Spotlight. Oh. You should know. Spider-Man, I'd say, is his best super friend. Mm-hmm. Though surprisingly, they didn't know each other's secret identity until the 80s. That's when it became a need, a needed thing. It's a good thing about Daredevil is that kind of friend. He's guaranteed not to be anywhere else but Manhattan. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's. I mean, even just Hell's Kitchen. That's mm-hmm. something he's defined by. They mentioned it on the show too on Netflix. Uh, the show they're just like, you're a New Yorker through and through. You've never even left this city. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Like, it was interesting. The 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 O three Ben Affleck one. Mm-hmm. He makes a point to say they call it Clinton now. Yeah. Because I'm guessing in that time period they were trying to get rid of the Hell's Kitchen name. I mean, it doesn't sell property. Right? Yeah, it's but they, like I've they, said it repeatedly, having been there recently, Daredevil's Hell's Kitchen does not exist now mm, at all. Right in the no, Marvel yeah. universe, in yeah. the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe, it kind of does. But I yeah. mean, I walked through most of it yeah. for four years going to New York Comic Con from the same <laughs> hotel for like four years in a row. I think they just gave that up because the last time I was there. Hell's Kitchen was all over the place. Like the the term they're was. Owning it I now. think they're just like, yeah, who cares? Everybody. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think it was pejorative when they go, oh, I mean, received yeah. that. How could it not be? Yeah, yeah. yeah how could it not be? Uh, and anyway. it also he he teamed up with other street level dudes like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and got his love hate relationship with the Punisher. As mm-hmm. we mentioned on the Super Spotlight, the Punisher. Frank Miller's interpretation of Punisher really reinvigorated the character too. At the same time, in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. From yeah, this there. was, like I guess, not the birth and not, like, maybe maybe the, the heyday or at least the, the seeds of the heyday of these whole st- the street level. the mar- as oh, yeah. they, they would become the Marvel Knights and all that. I mean, but. the corner, yeah, the street level corner of Marvel, Frank Miller kind of just invented in the mm-hmm. 80s. has continued to this day mm-hmm. with improvements and changes and all that. Not to say it's, like, exactly the yeah. same as it was 35 years ago. Sure. But, but it, it's it's the basis for all these shows you're about to watch from yeah, Jessica. Yeah. Well, not Jessica Jones. She doesn't come till way later. But yeah. Iron Fist, Luke Cage. She's Daredevil. a millennial. Kid. Yeah. The reason why there's there's superheroes in crime and noir stories instead mm-hmm. of superhero stories of bright shiny aliens in the middle of the day in New York. This does not happen in these. Series. Frank Miller proved there was space for others yeah. in there. And Nocenti was the next major writer to take over. She ran the book for four and a half years. Wow. Though it's she's kind of forgotten in Daredevil mythos. I'd say one of her biggest ones was bringing in Typhoid Mary. She mm. created that character who was a, a retcon of Daredevil killing somebody because uh. in his original, in Frank Miller's interpretation in his original hunt for the fixer Styx tells him like, you can't hunt this guy down. This is not what we do. I do not sanction this. And when he goes out looking for the fixer, 
this he goes to like this uh, brothel and this woman's like hey stop it man and just reflexively he elbows her and she falls out a window and he's just like i killed this woman and then stick disowns him for killing that woman it later is revealed that that's typhoid mary wow. and she goes through a supervillain origin falling out the window she's not dead so right. that takes a death off the list for for ki- for daredevil so kids remember if you fall out a window you develop pyrokinetic powers yes I mean, and there's always a dumpster. It's New York. Who knows what's in that dumpster? <laughs> also, by the end of Anacenti's run, he finally puts Kingpin in jail, mm-hmm. and he gets back into his law practice with Foggy Nelson. And so Foggy's back as a supporting character. Also in 1993, that's when Frank Miller returned to the character one last time. He had also done a couple side Electra books, but mm-hmm. let's save that for an Electra spotlight someday. But uh, Electra came back to life. That's definitely worth knowing though but in 93 he writes the definitive daredevil origin man without fear which incorporates all the stuff he created in his books and plus what was in his original the first daredevil stories and make it all work as one tapestry and it was the big influence of the netflix season one Mm -hmm. when you see daredevil in his black costume or i mean his gym shorts whatever the is is sweats the entire time that's straight from man without fear which he wore that more or less in that trial of the incredible hulk yes yeah that's in in 1989 was the first live action daredevil and uh he it was the trial of the incredible hulk a movie the incredible hulk show was over the bill bixby show was over but they were doing tv movies and in this one, he was defended by Matt Murdock, who would change into Daredevil to fight the Kingpin with Incredible Hulk. This is an '89 with that with that but that black outfit that yeah. And then I guess Miller's like, yeah, that actually let let's keep that. Well, as far as Netflix, I mean, the Netflix show and his other movie shows, like his costume is hard to translate sure. to reality. It looks great. His bright red on the comic page yeah. looks amazing. I love his boots and his billy club on the side of his yeah. leg, all that stuff. The new season, I'm warming up to the newer take it's on the suit. still sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, they've made it work as best as they're yeah. yeah, I, I think, think they've done the best they could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I'm I making it, it darker, but it's still too edgy and modern and weird mm-hmm. in such a grounded universe. Yeah. Nobody uh, else is even wearing a costume. Then in 1994 came a very dumb story called Fall from Grace where Daredevil gets outed again as Matt Murdock. He then dis- fakes his death. That's the third time? Puts on a stupid black armored outfit. Oh my god, yeah. And takes on the role of Jack Batlin, is his name. <laughs> That's Goes undercover. Who like, could that be? And Spider-Man meets... It's also what Daredevil's called in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man even meets him uh, during this point because at this time Spider-Man's going through the clone saga while, yeah. it, while he's Jack Batlin. And Spider-Man says, no, you're Matt Murdock. He's like, Matt Murdock is dead and I am not him. Stop asking me about it. And Spider-Man just How about this go. costume? It's the 90s, bro. Yeah, pretty 90s costume. But that gets dumped pretty fast. By 96, there's an underrated run by Carl Cassell, which... And Joe Kelly, who both decide, we've had enough of the Frank Miller era of Daredevil. we got to make him happy-go-lucky again like he used to be. And so Carl Cassell had this great line about his view of Daredevil, which is, Spider-Man is Bugs Bunny, Daredevil is Daffy Duck. Meaning when things would happen good for Spider-Man, it goes worse for Daredevil. Mm -hmm. And so That is not the relationship that I derive from that analogy. (laughs) You haven't yeah. watched enough cartoons. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up to speed. Oh, I know those cartoons, but it's like they, I, they, I think they are like so, foes that are. Well, <laughs> specifically the Chuck Jones version of Daffy Duck, I believe, is what he's referring to. There's so many the, the, the bitterness of yes. Daffy Duck. Okay. Yeah, and also like the hard one stuff. Like, but this was really way harder for me than yeah. Spider Man. Though that goes away from the Parker luck thing of like, no, Spider Man's thing is he has bad luck too, but. 
anyway, I liked Cassell was at least saying, let's let's have Daredevil smile again. Let's not just have him be brooding and sad all the time. Mm. Uh, but that was short lived. That goes into 1998, where the series was Daredevil was doing bad again, and they decide for the first time ever, Daredevil will re- be rebooted at number one in the new Marvel Knights imprint. Kevin Smith is the writer, Joe Casada the artist, and Karen Page is the dead one. She's she's killed off by Bullseye in the Guardian Devil story, which really does put Daredevil back on the map. It also is a very delayed book because Kevin Smith yeah. is a slow writer, and honestly, I don't think it holds up much to the aging of time, especially because like they introduced Mysterio as his villain again, oh, another yeah. fucking Spider-Man I villain. Love that. I did love that saga. I would say that's where you start with Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, I would start with Man Without Fear, mm-hmm. but just to see his origin as pretty much seen on Netflix. But yeah, I mean, the, honestly, the Frank Miller stuff's hard to approach now, almost. I, I I would say Man Without Fear and then perhaps Born Again, but you could also just read Star Wars Guardian. The next era is when I got back into comics after basically the dark suit that you mentioned when yes. he was Jack Batlin is around when I got out of comics. Mm-hmm. And basically 10 years later... The next era of Marvel Knights, which when Bendis takes over with the out story. Oh, yes. Well, that that is when I think you could start with that, frankly. I do think Kevin Smith, at least as a Catholic or with a Catholic background, could bring that to Daredevil, too. It it brought something interesting to it, but he was just doing like a cover of Frank Miller, honestly. David Mack did a quick storyline where he introduced the character Echo, which is basically what if Elektra was deaf. Yeah, uh, Bob Gale, the writer of the Back to the Future films, did a neat little story. But then it really changes when Brian Michael Bendis takes over issue 26. And that's begins a whole new golden age for Daredevil. He is street level as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, Brian Michael Bendis had just been an indie comic writer and artist, though now he's just a writer. And he just did street level stories of theft and and like superness was not in there yeah you children i don't know it's really good really good and for the fourth time the daredevil gets his uh, unmasked again and this time it sticks like he is outed to newspapers it's on the front cover of like no this blind guy he's daredevil and he's fighting it like a libel suit the yeah. entire time He's in denial of it. He's in denial of it. He st- sticks in the closet. It-, it also has the White Tiger trial, which that's is a great, great yeah. story. It's one of my favorite Daredevil in court stories. That's where I got in. Was that exact? That's the precise story where I jumped in. Uh, and I would just yeah. say the whole Ultimate Collection of Daredevil is great. They bring back Kingpin, and the Kingpin in that is the closest I'd say to Vincent D'Onofrio's yes. Kingpin. Yeah. It also, Daredevil kind of takes over Hell's Kitchen and becomes the new Kingpin for a point. Mm-hmm. And it ends with... Him being arrested, unmasked, uh-huh. and put in jail. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, where do you go from there? Yep. And unbelievably, Ed Brubaker takes over and continues the greatness. Yeah, takes that exact same story. It involves the Punisher and Black Widow almost right away. And, and Iron Fist, too. And like Iron Fist. Iron. And like it just works so well. Like All these characters that you're about to watch on Netflix, like really that Bendis-Brubaker saga of like eight years, mm-hmm. that's why we're getting these shows. Yeah, It's and- the same thing when Brubaker did Winter Soldier. It's like they are laying the groundwork for things that people are going to be asking you, listener, like, oh, what's the <laughs> deal with this? And if somehow you haven't read those issues, like that is absolutely without a doubt the Daredevil you should be reading. Yeah, and it's it's where Daredevil's in prison. It's also where he they introduce Lady Bullseye. Oh, yeah. And it's where the hand comes back in a big way. And mm. Daredevil and Kingpin are fighting over who's going to run the hand. It, yeah. it goes to really interesting places. It's then handed off to a story called Shadowland, which you should never, ever read. Diggle. And it's not good. 
Yeah, Andy Diggle is the writer took over, who was handed a really cool setup by Brubaker. Yeah. <sighs> Doesn't do very good. Like, Daredevil kills Bullseye. Not that that sticks for even, like, a month. Right. If you kill somebody around the hand, they don't stay dead. Yeah. And the hand is famous for resurrecting people. So they resurrected Dr. Octopus for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. Daredevil comes back from that. They pretty much, they very briefly, like, oh, he's turned too evil. And then after six months, like, no, he's not evil. He's back. And let's pretend this didn't happen. Yeah. And he also joins the new Avengers briefly. Daredevil's rarely on teams. Like, very mm-hmm. rarely ever on teams. Uh, Mark Wade then took over for... And he brings back fun to Daredevil in a big yeah. way. Without without denying the darkness in Daredevil's path. Yeah. But the first, the first couple issues are just about him... Are almost solely about Matt Murdock trying to conduct trials when the world <laughs> thinks he's Daredevil. Yeah, it's great. And it, how he can consult uh, defendants to defend themselves. And everybody else is like, you've gone crazy. Like He's like, I'm not crazy, but I just want to have fun now. I don't want to think about being a ninja. and and it also by the end of that he just accepts like okay you know what yeah I am Daredevil that's me Daredevil I'm this guy and then he even moves back to San Francisco and it had the Devil in the Bay storyline which was pretty good too the Mark Wade run just ended in the Marvel all new all different Mm -hmm. era it is yet to be explained but now nobody once again knows who Daredevil is (laughs) and now he's back in New York he's working though for the district attorney's office so he's on the prosecution, not the defense. And it's a nice little run currently being written by Charles Soule, who has a law to ground, huh. so he's bringing even more legality to the series. As for his appearances and stuff, he was on the Spider-Man animated series, as we mentioned. He's appeared tons in other people's video games, but has only had one video game of his own ever released, mm. which was the GBA adaptation of his movie, which yeah. is not good. <laughs> he, he was to be in a PlayStation game, which yeah. had like footage released, yeah. but it was canceled. And... Speaking of which, 2003 was the Ben Affleck Daredevil film, which, God love him, I think it's, uh, I think the writers and directors were doing the best they could in the machinery they were trapped in, but the type of film they wanted to make was not the type of film the uh, Fox, I believe it was, who produced it, wanted to make. It has so many mistakes in it, not least of which is an Evanescence soundtrack. Oh, it gave us Evanescence. And it just, it took all these things from the Frank Miller's books, including, like, Straight up panels were just recreated. Yeah, it's it. weird. It's one of those things where that I am always scared of doing. If I'm ever put in a position to create something, you can tell it's made by people who, who read the stuff and who care. read the stuff and and took the right lessons from it. But mm. then when they went to create their own thing, made something much worse. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just, something that I would that I would always fear that like, oh, you're going to give me the ball and I can run with it, and then I fuck it up. Mm. Like that's a, an actual fear of mine. But is ben, I feel like that's the movie I might have made, yeah. and it scares me that I would have felt I was making all these decisions for the right reason and then it comes out and you're like oh no I think there was a lot of executive meddling though as seen like we watched the R-rated cut yeah. which is a better film not a good it's not better. even a good the film the very existence of Elektra in the film is, is studio meddling yeah. it's, it's the first like blatant well we gotta get something else started too people mm-hmm. like it when Mary Jane kisses Spider-Man we need a romance in here and also yeah we'll spin it off with Jennifer Garner well, it just devotes too much time to a plot line that worse. doesn't pay off unless yeah. you know there's going to be another movie Yes, yeah. And, and for a time I said, well, at least it brought it, it brought together Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner and they fell in love in it. But now they're just divorced and unhappily so. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Garner, this whole article about like, yeah, my divorce from Ben Affleck was not very good. And I'm not saying he cheated, but my eyes were open the entire time. Jesus. Like, Aria version was a little bit better. Uh, he's appeared in other games. I wanted to play real quickly his appearance in the Marvel Nemesis game. Like, let's hear some of his oh, uh, no. quotes here. 
I am judge, jury, and executioner. Nope. I'll make you a deal. I'll let you have the first move. Just imagine what I could do if I really tried. Justice is blind. Ah, Johnny Ohm. Followed by him is Johnny Ohm. So many great characters created for Marvel Nemesis. God, well, what a what a, what a that mess. has to be a shit thing one of these days. A shit it's show bad. one of these days. I gotta play that GBA Daredevil game, man. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, so curious. Finally, there also I found out that Mark Evanier, who we mentioned earlier, he was a writer for cartoons in the eighties and in the nineties, and he had been working on a planned Daredevil cartoon, which would have also seen him have a um a seeing eye dog sidekick. Oh <laughs> my and, god. Uh, it was very close to being produced, but it, it was not an option. Yeah. And you remember wow. a, a while ago there was that sizzle reel when it was talked yes. about whether whether Marvel was going to get the rights back, and Fox had uh, a '70s pitch for Daredevil, mm-hmm. and there was a light. Uh, what a if it pitch took reel. place basically in the Taxi Driver yeah. '70s and in, in a dirtier Scorsese New York? And it's a really it's a really interesting look. And it's you don't a really great just, pitch idea. Yeah. I don't think Fox could have executed it. Yeah, it's like well, and Fox but... has like ten days to say we pull the trigger on this, or Marvel gets the rights back. And yeah. it was just a weird situation. Well, this looks really cool. I wonder if Fantastic <laughs> Four happened because Fox passed on that and let go of Daredevil, and now Marvel's making a very good Daredevil thing without them. Maybe that's why they're like, we can't let him Daredevil us again. Hold on to Fantastic Four as long as we can. I'm sure they're going to try. And uh, that does bring us to the 2015 Daredevil Netflix series premiere. The second season just came out. Charlie Cox plays Daredevil, I think, quite well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes well, a little too much eye contact and British accent. <laughs> I mean, yes, when he makes no eye contact mm-hmm. and he's just looking down. A couple times I just tell myself, well, yeah, he knows, he knows where that person is. And he's friendly to look at them. Yeah, but there's a difference in Stick's performance. Sticks does a better blind performance, yes. But it has the best foggy ever, I'd say. Yeah. No offense to John Favreau. I think he's... Who's, he's who wasn't bad. No, he wasn't bad either. There's not even somebody you can say like... Well, I would say Bullseye wasn't very good in the movie. He was he was real bad. He's not a good Bullseye, but that whatever that character was <laughs> is very entertaining. Uh, <laughs> Colin Farrell, he yes, uh, like his coat makes snake he pulled noises. No punches. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, Charlie Cox is good. It also reestablishes Karen Page as a major character. She is almost she technically is in the 2003 movie, but is almost nobody in it. Like you wouldn't know she was Karen Page. You don't even say like, "Hey, thanks, Karen." Uh, but, it, but it started a whole new era of Marvel TV stuff, and that has led to a second season of it, Jessica Jones, and a second season of that. Mm-hmm. Technically, it was just supposed to go Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders. then the Defender show. Mm-hmm. And now, will Defenders ever happen? Because they're just going to keep having multiple seasons of every show. That seems pretty insane at yeah. this point. It, well, I think they realize, like, oh, we can if we have four successful TV series, that's better that's than, better than uh, making some weird series. plan to be a TV Avengers. Like, yeah. That, that, that's like... If I was Netflix, yeah. that should be your theatrical release. Like yeah. a, a two-hour yeah. movie featuring all of your TV characters. Because yeah. they, they are not sharing the MCU very well. Yeah. No. Um, there's even been quotes of, of Marvel filmmakers saying, well, technically TV and film are different divisions, yeah. so we can't just do it. I was like... This was what was this was the thing you weren't supposed to happen. This, yeah. Because you all own it, you're not having to negotiate with Fox. This should be easy. I think it's just a payment issue. Like, yeah. like whatever Chris Hemsworth's contract is doesn't dictate anything on Jessica Jones. Well, and, and oppositely, it could be like, well, if you want Charlie Cox to be in Avengers, you got to pay eighty. You got to yeah, pay him more. I think yeah. that's the most likely a small cameo from the TV universe. I'd be up for that. Either way, it's really it's really great. And I just watching season two, I could not stop saying, "This is a Disney property." 
Oh, it's a drill going through a foot, and my girlfriend has <laughs> left the room. And I, all these worries we had that uh, Disney would not be true to these characters, it's even more true than the comics would be, because it's violent. They there just they, they don't show titties, scenes of they don't say yeah. fuck, but they do everything else you could possibly do to get a rated, like an R rated. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that is Daredevil. Here's to another 50 years of that guilty, guilty Catholic. And that is our superhero spotlight. Select your hero. All right, let's get quickly into some news. Early reviews of Batman vs. Superman are out, but they ain't great. Yeah. Uh, though the early ticket sales are. And <laughs> I think, honestly, as the Transformer films have proven to us, a bad reviews do not mean failure no, at the box office. Yeah. Well, it's a different movie world where as long as it performs well overseas, like it's mm-hmm. not going to matter what, what anybody in this room oh, yeah. or in the, in the chat think about this. And it's, it's not even up to America. It's up to China and, yeah. and to South America. Schwarzenegger this week was talking about a sixth Terminator film. Like We should band together as human beings to prevent any more of those because Genesis is like the... Yeah. You need to see it. It's like the worst movie I've ever seen. You can make a movie seen. about sending someone back in time oh my God, that's to good. stop making Terminator movies. Oh my God. Also, it's, by the way, Zack Snyder had a great quote. Zack Snyder was giving tons of interviews mm-hmm. This week, uh, you know, as promo for the movie, and somebody asked him, "Why isn't Flash CW in this? Like, why did you recast the Flash?" And uh, he said, "I just don't think it was a good fit. I'm very strict about the universe, and I just don't see a version where that uh, that tone is not our world." And I was like, "Yeah, no shit. Like, that's more fun and exciting, and not a fucking bummer like your world. Like, yeah, yeah it doesn't fit. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but we will be seeing it. It's just like." I'm talking about the Man of Steel world. The yeah, the Man of Steel, of Steel does world does not fit the Flash CW. It's world. just so like the trailer. Like we're gonna see it, and uh, you know, wait till I've seen it. But man, it's, it it's just like I mean, Man of Steel was this way too. Like I didn't loathe it, but it's just like I did not enjoy it because it, it's so self-important. Like mm-hmm. not self-important, just it's so serious. But yeah. but needlessly so with a character that like doesn't need that like. It feels like they there's this weird external. We have to be serious and just dire and it has to be just so like i don't want to say gritty because that's that's like she's like using the word epic at this point I like the, the, the term, word is i use the term dower power but it is dower we watched power. it recently you can uh patrons have access to that commentary <laughs> yeah. the commentary is on uh lasertime.bandcamp.com if you if you're not a patron yeah but it is, re-watching it again it is batman begins like yeah. it, it is going for the gritty it also dark felt reboot. like god this is still fucking going yeah like, it, but it's like it's also almost a decade after batman begins and like yes. marvel has figured marvel has kind of set the new tone and how to make an origin story and it's the it's almost the exact same formula yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. speaking of super films that didn't do well uh sally field trashed the amazing <laughs> spider-man films this week she was on How- howard stern uh, has shared something in common tried to be very serious yeah. and very dour well it didn't know what it wanted to be well, either yeah, but it knew true. it it shares something in common with daredevil and fantastic four also that sure. it was like we have to make a spider-man <laughs> film legally we have to yeah and so let's make it what do we want we want it to be a spider-man film you figure it out <laughs> And we Sally to be a pile of money. I mean, Spider Man. <laughs> on Howard Stern, she revealed that she only did it because uh, a producer friend of hers, she'd known a very long time, wanted her to do the film, and also that a producer friend was dying of cancer. So it was like her Jesus. last, her last time to even spend time. <laughs> I just want to give you three million dollars. <laughs> and she talks about how her character of Aunt May was very underwritten, and she said, "You can't fit ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Tick is getting a new series on amazon starring peter serafinowitz it's a little bummed but i do like that guy a lot look uh uh, the brock samson uh patrick 
What? what? Patrick Warburton. Patrick what is, Warburton's what is he doing that he can't tick. be tick? Well, he also... He's made a ton of money on that CBS show none of us watch. So oh, what's, I, he, what's might, he, need to, he doesn't need it. Like, he might be on a show I don't know exists. He, uh, what was it? The, it was the show with David Spade. It's, uh, God. Uh, anyway. The, David's Friends. What? Rules of Engagement, yes. Thank you, Dave, off screen. Um, uh, Peter Serafinowicz, though, he is a big dude with a strong chin who is funny. Yeah. Uh, you know great him. great Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's great at Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of A-hoes. That's uh, that's Peter Serafinowicz. Most of the most uh, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, the things. Cornetto trilogy. Yes. He's uh, he's the jerk roommate in Shaun of the Dead, if you recall that. The one look who, around you is he from Look Around You? Uh, yes, yes, he's the lead in Look Around You. I'm looking forward to that as I am yeah. the Telltale's Batman series, which will launch this summer and will be M rated. So the second, only after Arkham Knight, the second. M-rated Batman thing, and it sounds like you will be playing as Batman, so somebody it's not going to be a Gotham Central Because it's M-rated, somebody's going to smoke. Uh, Batman's going to have to like look at brains on something. Uh, and also they confirmed... Ace Attorney ended up with an M-rating. <laughs> There's they, blood! They will do a season three of The Walking Dead Telltale as well this year. They, they confirmed that. Uh, and also, coming out of the C2E2 comic convention, uh, there's wow, talk kind of, of there being a new Jessica Jones book in the work because you know there, there isn't what no the not currently they they got all those old Alias books they can sell that I know those. but I just figured like this this is the the time is now it'll never be a better time for I Jessica think Jones. Bendis is also particularly protective of the character mm. and he has enough sway to probably if he wanted to say no one writes Jessica Jones but me mm. he can he can make that's, that edict that's the only reality I can imagine right now because otherwise why why is this not happening however they did announce in Hellcats number six seven in a few mm-hmm. months it'll be the first ever in six one well it's not six one six anywhere anymore but anyway the first marvel u team up of hellcat and jessica jones who mm. were friends on the jessica jones show but have never really hung out in the regular comics and so that changes with hellcat number seven uh but anyway so there was some other stuff too what'd you guys think of that a the most recent or i guess final apocalypse trailer I have not X-Men watched Apocalypse. it. I, yeah, I don't Look think I've watched it. Look at it on LazerTimePodcast.com. I have not watched uh, it. Mr. Black. I don't know. That's good. It's it's good. Just, it's as just far as like stuff. superhero fandom, I am. I have more than I can handle right now. And it's like, yeah. I'll probably see this when it comes out. Um, I mean, I'm so excited for Civil War, but then to think like three weeks later, watch X-Men. I, yeah. I just, I think I almost look at Days of Future Past as a, a bit of a fluke and kind of a nostalgia stroke. Yeah. Because like I, the movie, who knew the movies were old enough for us to have nostalgia for yeah. the X-Men and uh, it really rewarded true. you for that it's been 16 years and they can't do that with Age of Apocalypse and I, I don't love that story I, I know you guys might nah, I am I mean, not dying to see it on screen no but that's not what they're gonna do it's just a movie with Apocalypse in it so therefore we gotta call it well it's not I, even Age of Apocalypse I like that it's got it's, the 80s mutants in it like, I like that I like they're bringing back Jean Grey Cyclops yeah. Cyclops and Havoc on the same team yeah. Psylocke Jubilee I'm I I like Days of Future Past perfectly fine, so I'm willing to go in thinking this will be perfectly fine. The only thing I think looking I at it is just like, when I ever see a scene with Jennifer Lawrence, I think she wants to be anywhere else but in this movie. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of a bummer. I think, uh, I mean, I, I haven't read spoilers, but I would just assume if this is her last contractual obligation... It doesn't matter. She's not that important she, to the series. She will be dead. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a whole new future. Mystique could die now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's all the news. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have Yes Week's Answers to Question of the Week, a new Ask Hank segment, and spoilery Daredevil talk. Get ready, everybody.
Why, hello everyone, and welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cape Crisis. Just uh, one more warning here that in the second segment, we don't do any Daredevil spoiler talk, but there is a secret third segment that is at the very end where Chris and I have a chat about Daredevil Season 2 where we spoil everything. So if you're done with it and want to hear chat about it, that's at the very end. Uh, and by the way, if you'd like to support Laser Time, why, there's so many ways to do that and help out Cape Crisis and the entire Laser Time Podcast Network. I would definitely suggest patreon.com slash laser time. You've heard it before, but have you really looked into it? Uh, you get so many great extras like a weekly bonus time podcast, which is a lot of fun. Uh, specials like the Talking Simpsons season two wrap up, a really good one. I'd love for you guys to hear it. And a ton of like extra specials, including for $10 or more a month, you get to see our collection of classic cartoon commentaries of comic books and pro wrestling. Really, really fun stuff. Also, if you'd like to support us, you can buy things on Amazon. But wait, there's a catch. Uh, do it through lasertimepodcast.com. On the website and in this week's article, for example, for episode 181, you'll see links to a bunch of stuff on Amazon. Buy anything through those links, not just what we suggest, and a little bit of money gets kicked back to us at no extra cost to you. You still pay the same cheap Amazon price. Uh, and the same goes for the comics posted on the Superhero Spotlight video posts. You know, you maybe have heard them on Cape Crisis, but if you want to see them with a visual component of, say, the history of Batman versus Superman or Punisher, you can watch those videos. They're on the website or youtube.com slash laser time network. Uh, and now, lastly, it is time for the Hanks Corner pick of the week. This week's pick is inspired by all my Daredevil watching that I... Love His Origin, The Man Without Fear by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. It is the definitive Daredevil origin that took a lot of inspiration for his, the first season of the Netflix show. So if you've seen the first season, we won't really be spoiling anything for you. But you get introduced to not just his origins, but his first meeting with Elektra, the Kingpin, getting trained by Stick, him working in his, weird, uh, his cheap black costume. So much great stuff in it. There'll be a link to it and a bunch of other stuff on this week's episode page. And you, again, buying that on Amazon through those links, help us out. So if you're thinking of getting it, do it that way. And, you know, if you connect your Amazon and Comixology accounts, any purchase you make of a digital comic for Kindle on Amazon.com is shared with your Comixology account. So, again, if you're buying your Comixology books, connect it to Amazon, buy them through Amazon through our links really helps us out just wanted to wanted to implore that one last time okay back to the rest of the show Welcome back, everybody, to the second part of a special three-part Cape Crisis, if we have decided, because you're not going to hear Daredevil spoilers yeah. in this part, but after this, uh, Chris and I are going to have their, our Daredevil Season 2 spoiler chat. You've been warned. Uh, but that's why there's no What You've Been Reading for me this week, because all I did was watch 13 Hours <laughs> I read of Daredevil. 13 Hours of Netflix. Yeah, exactly. And though Chris made time for Pee Wee, as yeah, did so Dave, Chris is the combination of you and I, Dave, because I only made we time for Daredevil. Days. You made time for Pee Wee. Chris made time Didn't for leave both the of house. <laughs> 
has to, a uh, to it. girlfriend with Lost a fever, time. and she's like, "I'm so sorry, I ruined your birthday." And like, it's fine. Like, what do you want to do? I want to watch all of Daredevil. And she's like, "I would have, I might have put up an argument at any other time, but it is your birthday, and this is what's going to be happening." So uh, that poor woman had to see like episodes two, three, five, uh, ten, just no context of what yeah. anything that was yeah. going on. And you need lots of context for Daredevil season two. So that's all that we've been reading. I haven't even read this week's new releases. I, I sad to say, soon I hope to read the new Hellcat, but uh, we'll talk about that next week. But so anyway, I'll read all of those mm-hmm. if everybody listening goes to youtube.com slash laser time network and watches either our Superman video, Superman Returns. Superman Returns, we stream that dumbass game, or our Marvel Cards analysis oh. video. Yeah. The I- first and hopefully... Uh, several parts uh, where we just go through the 1990 Marvel cards because I, my memory of comics, like I read a year ago, kind of gone. <laughs> the Marvel cards burned into my brain forever. Forever, mm-hmm. yeah. They're those are great. I've talked it up again. If you guys would just want to hear uh, the equivalent of a Cape Crisis podcast, except only about the Marvel cards, with us looking at the Marvel cards and reacting to them live. That's the video for you. You want to see every that. Saturday, people. YouTube.com slash Laser Time Network. Go there. All right. We do have uh, somebody who read something. The Walking Hi. Dave. I don't think I introduced you. It's okay. As being on this Here I am. Part. Sorry. Hey, The Walking Dave is in the second segment. The, this this week you you could call me Dave Running because I, I did a, I did a lot of superhero themed stuff over the last week. So oh yes, I, I did want to hear. This. I did this thing called the Super Run, which is a five k like three mile run. You're a very active, young man. I, I'm, I'm how, trying to get more. You're active. still capable of doing that. Like it hurting a five k. Uh, my 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 knees hurt like the rest of that day. But I you know I I've been trying to just become more active and like get back into th- that sort of. Uh, I saw you and your, you had a picture of you and your friend, and you said it was uh, your superpower was half-ass costumes. It it was. Uh, (laughs) I really wanted to like. I was trying to think like what good superheroes have long hair, and I could either do Thor, which not 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 with this Hmm. uh, body right now. You could do Bucky. You could do be Winter Soldier. Uh, That would have been shave the beard off. Yeah. No. See, I was like, see, I even half-assed it in that. Like, first of all, I wanted to, to do black suit Superman because I have a weird affinity for that character the death and return of Superman yeah. reborn Which is like, one yeah. yeah that's like what got S- me back into comics like when I was a teenager so uh-huh. so yeah like I had a black shirt that I just put I took masking tape and made the, the you made the S that way that's yeah. how was, wow but then I had to run in a black sweatshirt so that really uh, that doesn't sound but fun it, yeah, yeah. Um, I, still amongst my friends like besides like uh, one of my friends went as rogue and, and Ooh, yeah, that was very accurate. She even had like a little uh, shock of white hair. Oh, that's great! It's always hot when a woman does yeah. that. I and love what you've done with your hair, <laughs> as Magneto said yeah. in X Two. And then, so the one thing about that that I was like, I really, you know, I wanted to do it, but it took place at the exact same time as the Back to the Future panel at the San, uh, no, Silicon Valley Comic Con. Oh, which happened this week, but like in San Jose. Or yeah, so I was like, <laughs> I kind of want to go to that, Chris. but it happened at the exact t- same time as the run. But the, the same girl that that went as Rogue, the next day she was Gamora. At that, so she, wow. yeah, she was cosplaying all weekend. That's quite a cosplay friend. More as a commitment. Wow. Yeah. Um, Did you see uh, any great costumes at it? Yeah, there was a there was a Deadpool there. I mean, a lot of, of people course. just wearing the t shirt of their their thing, which I had as a I backup. Done that, so yes. like a nineteen eighties Halloween costume. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Balky in his Spider Man pajamas. Yeah, that's a preview. Thirty twenty ten. 
Yeah, some good ones like Batman. Like that's an easy one to do. Really, of just course, put on yeah. ears and a it does. It drives t-shirt. me crazy when I'm at a con and I see somebody in a Batman suit that is clearly a rented costume. Like it's so good, but it is factory good. It's that, not like not you didn't make this. A you lot of people a good costume. A lot of people did that. Like they just went to like costumes on hate, like a lo- uh, local costume store, spent thirty or forty bucks on a costume. That they'll wear just here. And I mean, like, I am not. I never have made a homemade yeah. costume. I buy costumes I, too. So. I was tempted to do that, but then I'm like, I'm not going to spend forty bucks. I will spend uh, the two dollars to get masking tape to make yeah. this myself. And uh, there we go. Hey, you got to conserve your Patreon dollars. Yeah, um, but yeah. Beyond that, I also watched uh, Deadpool. Uh, oh, you did. You saw Deadpool. Well, well over a month late, I believe. But well, Dave, uh, what are your thoughts? I I liked it. I mm-hmm. thought some of the, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the attempts at humor were a bit. I like. I think I made I made fun I of know. it back when they did the trailer. But yeah. like, just like some jokes that are just too stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make my costume green or animated. An- wait, animated? <laughs> well, that animated was animated. I know, but costume, it's like, but... how do you have an animated costume? Like. You were you were trying too hard to so another one of those situations something. where you're I think you're trying too hard not to get a joke. Because I know it's not worded I, properly. That's, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> I am, but it was really good because it was like it was a mostly empty theater, but there were two probably in their sixties or seventies old men in front of me and like gauging their reactions because they probably had no idea about any of. I knew a Wade Wilson in the war, but the, like the filthiest well, just... stuff was what like got what, what like made them laugh, like the International oh, Women's Day and like uh, after <laughs> some drinks. Uh, this is a face I would be proud to sit on. Oh. Like jokes like that, and seeing like what they liked and what they didn't get, it was like this is great. Like, uh, yeah, I would think the internet humor of uh, yeah. careless whisper, like, mm. uh, probably lost on them yeah. a little bit. And I also watched the new Walking Dead, which uh-huh. was good. It had a huh? it had a somewhat significant death. Um, mm. It actually did like a death swap because like one of the most iconic deaths in the comics. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Abraham getting shot through the eyeball with yeah. an arrow? It's like a really good image, uh, but they did that with somebody else. Huh. Uh, like, so Abraham's still, still around, but uh, <laughs> but it, it did cause a little bit of an uproar because there were like only two lesbian characters on the show, and it was one, uh, of, the, one of the lesbians got like I saw through the eyeball. I saw tweets at guest of a uh, friend of the show Mike Drucker saying yeah. that he looked similar to her. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Mike. Guess on Laser Time. He was on this week's Um, Florida episode of Laser Time. Yeah, it looks like these episodes of Walking Dead aren't playing well in the flyover states. Maybe we ought to kill some of these uh, carpet munchers. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, Dave, you know, actually, I didn't mention it in the news. to Henry for that one. Uh, But Eric Nagel, uh, Mm -hmm. our friend, also friend Eric Nagel, I'm just name dropping the shit out of our friends. Uh, He did an interview. He is a radio host on Sirius FM, does tons of geek stuff. And he had on uh, the man who will soon be playing Negan, or is uh, Negan, and they're talking about how he's going to do it on the show. Mm-hmm. And, hey, guys, look up the clip, but they ask him, like, well, wait, he swears all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, every fourth word is fuck. Yeah. And he says that they're negotiating with AMC uh, on getting to say some of those words, because it is cable. Like, yeah. the FCC can't stop him. And... Mm-hmm. It's it's on cable, but it's just like yeah. But will you say dirty? Yeah. Like I guess children absolutely should not be watching Walking Dead just for the violence. So yeah. what? Who cares if he says fuck? Yeah. You know. And I haven't seen like four. Like I, I it was always like stretching uh, the reality of the Walking Dead. Where it's like, oh look at that. There's a fresh Ford uh, Escort or whatever. Uh, like how is that? How is that still round and not experiencing like every single 
possible like malfunction under the under the sun because the affordability and yeah. the extreme great but they don't have that Ford in, yeah. brand. I don't have any anywhere else to bring this up but I was watching Mr. Robot yeah. and Mr. Robot a show on the USA network they say fuck ah. all the time but if you if you're pirating the the the, the, the episodes <laughs> like they just drop the audio out oh, so it's super yeah. subtle your brain like Somebody yeah. said fuck there, but it's never said. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, why couldn't they do that with Negan? Yeah, why not sense. do that for this season? Why not make the whole season, Cartman says shit, the episode, yeah. well, the event? He's, he's apparently only going to show up in the finale, so which is like two weeks away, I think. Mm. I believe so. Yeah. Not the mid-season finale, but the finale finale. Yeah. Well, okay, Dave, well, let's talk about, though, your yeah. homework. Which was uh, Coward. By Ed. I love that. Volume 1, Coward. So this is... This is this is this Ed guy's Brubank. entire saga, right? Because it, it ends in a way that I'm like, I can't tell. Criminal is basically an episodic story. Uh-huh. So yeah, all, yes, they're all self-contained. What do you call this universe? The criminal universe? It's criminal, yeah. Uh, Brew Baker, Sean Phillips, same guys that did Fade Out, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, Fade um, Out. Which is and excellent. And, uh, and this is, you're looking what? at, this is an icon publishing uh, uh, thing. This is a collector's item because they oh, re-released really? them all in the image. I was having a real hard yeah. time finding the rest of them. So I read this. Yeah. In Japan well, and loved it. Well, because back then Ed Brubaker was a Marvel employee, and they mm-hmm. did they had they had they created an icon which technically still exists mm-hmm. as an imprint mm-hmm. to publish the creator own work. But Marvel's not very interested in creative. That's, those that's Marvel's company. Marvel owns Icon. Uh, they wow. mainly made it so Brian Michael Bendis could publish Powers. Like that's <laughs> Bendis was like, well, I'm going to keep publishing Powers and Image. What if we made an imprint for you and you publish it here and not image? You mean the okay. PlayStation Network exclusive show Powers? I can't wait for its second season <laughs> to premiere on the PlayStation Network. Give us money. Uh, Coward, Dave. Yeah, I, I liked it, but I think I, I've been spoiled by... I've, I've read a couple of Brubaker's things by now. Uh-huh. And uh, I didn't like this quite as much as like Gotham Central or... Fatal. Fatal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was good. It, I don't know. It felt like... I don't know if this is one of his earlier things, but like... He he is great at writing at like writing crime mm-hmm. drama and like it never feels like this isn't something a cop would do or say it all like it's it's great natural stuff there it just like it, the, the the protagonist gets hit with like way too many like shitty things in a row at the end that I'm just like okay but he sucks mm-hmm. he's I, like the the greatest worst protagonist in uh most in crime, of the yeah. and, and but all, like you can read these out of sequence yeah you can so yeah, like that is the first one it's, but, it's yeah. more but like there's still a bunch of characters who do things elsewhere that you don't really get to know and yeah. I, I can understand it not having an impact that you, you are re- yeah. seeing one small piece of a puzzle mm-hmm. it's your introduction to the world but it is its own world yeah. of that town and its history of organized crime yeah he's just one part of it but yeah I like the whole uh, drug addict uh, Alzheimer ridden dad oh or, yeah well, not, not even a dad but like a one father older, figure type yeah father figure type who both has Alzheimer and cannot with the junk, which is weird, because like you junk. think he'd forget that he was addicted. Well, I would think he'd probably shoot up too much, <laughs> yeah. and he'd uh, that that he'd OD just from yeah. uh, Alzheimer's. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was mostly good, and like the, the bringing the team together and stuff like that. I liked it. I, I think would he'd say be a good B. little a B A. Yeah. All right, B for coward, Dave. We have a whole new crop of Dave's homework yeah. this week, and uh, it is very supery because mm. I feel like you've been needing that, yeah. uh, but. Uh, and it's uh, two different heroes. So okay. first off, we've got Daredevil. Now you have not been watching the second season of Daredevil. Mm. I don't think you even finished first season. Did I did. You? Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. Uh, excuse me. 
Uh, but uh, so this is Daredevil Man Without Fear, his Ooh. definitive origin. We talked about it in the first segment. Uh, this is Frank Miller writing what is the Daredevil origin, which they incorporate a lot of it into the Netflix first season. Uh, there's a link to buy all these on kprices.com under this episode. Episode 181. And uh, there's Daredevil Born Again, which is Frank Miller's other masterpiece of Daredevil. It is the darkest days of Matt Murdock in his entire life. A great, great story. Then in more recent stuff, we've got Amazing Spider-Man New Ways to Die, which is him facing... Uh, the Green Goblin in the post-marriage era of Spider-Man. And it is a really fun, uh, just classic, colorful costume superhero fight. Okay. And then lastly, Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. This is a team-up book between Spider-Man and Wolverine that is a lot funnier than you would expect. And it is uh, it has really great art. It's written by Jason Aaron, who has done Scalped. I don't know if you've read Scalped. He's, he's one of my favorite writers, and... His uh, work with Spider-Man and Wolverine as a combo is really, really great. I could go for something lighthearted, so I'm going to go with the Astonishing Spider-Man All right. and Wolvie. I think you'll have fun with that. that. And that way, I, I do want to go through Jessica Jones before I do Daredevil Season 2. So by the time I finish that, hopefully I'll be... Uh, you'll be ready for those Daredevil yeah. books? Yeah, you might be in the mood for it afterwards. Yeah. All right, well, that is it for Dave's homework. Why don't we move on to the question of the week? Well, and by that I mean Ask Hank. Let's go to Ask Hank first off. Uh, there were a few questions I want to get to. One, John Wizzle asks, what's your favorite what if slash DC Elseworlds? Well, it may be cheating, but it was published under the Elseworld line. That is Kingdom Come. I just, ugh, I love Kingdom Come so much. Just editing it, footage of Kingdom Come into... Uh, this week's superhero spotlight about Batman versus Superman. Oh, it made me. It reminded me again. Like I love this book. Love, love this book. Oh, speaking of uh, what is um, something, uh, another thing I read this week because uh, the 20th anniversary of Marvel versus DC is coming up. I oh, read this. There's an oral is. history. Yeah, it's it was uh, I guess April or May of. Wow. Uh, I need to do something with that. Uh, but. I think it's called Scribd.com. It mm-hmm. had they had this really great long oral history of you know Marvel versus DC and Amalgam Comics and all that. And like that was another thing that I followed really closely when it happened. So getting to read all that and and like finding out like oh yeah the artist had to basically draw like two outcomes of a lot of these like because spe- oh, yeah. all the fan voted ones that's right they didn't know what it was going to be until the end. So like something as simple as like the Lobo. Uh, Wolverine fight, which is just like they had, yeah. There's a different panel where Lobo pops wow. up at the end, and apparently they, they were all angry that it's Wolverine. So yeah, Lobo. here it is: two brothers, a mostly oral history of DC. Yeah, versus I don't get the Marvel. two brothers thing. Uh, well, that's the, the name two... of the two universes. The two oh, the two right. universes are represented by a red brother and a blue brother. These cosmic beings that then fight each yeah, other. Yeah, Those yeah. two guys, the two brothers. Boy, I am glad to know that, too, because that the 20th anniversary is coming up. Because when I uh, got into my old comics uh, last, I brought home all my Marvel vs. DC stuff. Because those are out of print and not easy to find full scans of everywhere, yeah. either. I mean, I'm sure they're yeah. relatively easy. But they're not legally in print anymore. Yeah. So this makes me want to do... I got to do a Marvel vs. DC thing yeah, as well. It so did make me did. angry that I didn't buy... I don't think I brought... Maybe one or two of the Amalgam comics. Because mm. it was like, hey, buy three normal issues, and then here's like, like 10, 15 like, additional comics, and then the last issue of Marvel vs. DC. It was like too much. Yeah. And like reading how they, how into like things like 
Dark Claw and uh, Super Soldier that they like. Yep, Dark Claw. Yeah. Wolverine plus Batman there, equals. Yeah, there's Dark a great Claw. image in there of uh, Dark Claw fighting. It's I think Sabretooth mixed with Joker. Oh uh, yeah, he's the uh, the hyena. I believe uh, is uh, when you add a Sabretooth to a Joker, yeah. you get hyena. <laughs> Oh, man, I cannot... Let's just stop this podcast yeah. and do it. Oh, my God, he looks so stupid. <laughs> but it's also a Jim Ballant art, which yeah. is stupid. Uh, the Another question was, what's your favorite hero spoof on Venture Brothers, and why is it Brown Widow? And, uh, <laughs> yes, of course, it's Brown Widow, Juice Caboose. Duh. Obviously, the Spider-Man one, played by Nathan Fillion, is going to be number one with a bullet for me. Uh, Oh, dude, Clancy Brown's uh, uh, oh the Red, Red Death. Skull, whatever. Yeah. Jesus Death, Christ, he was great. This is in the this finale. That is something else I watched. Super this villain who is the thing he's the most good at separating his work from his home life. <laughs> work life balance very important to Red Death, <laughs> and Clancy Brown is the perfect voice for it. He is so fucking good. But uh, though there are two from this season, I really love too. Think Tank, who was their uh, Modoc guy, who was just <laughs> a. A man with a giant brain, like a giant head like Modoc, but in a tank instead of just floating around. And also Fallen Arches, the Hawkeye. <laughs> I really liked Fallen Arches a lot. Did you, Chris, do you have any others? Um, yeah. I mean, I Captain guess. Sunshine also. Very Captain good. Sunshine's pretty great. Um, I don't know. Like, as a character on the Venture Brothers, I love Dr. Orpheus. Oh, of course. Like, I don't even think of him as a doctor, even though he's obviously Doctor Strange. And it's the one Marvel movie I'm like, this is going to be weird. It's only the, the new comic I had read uh, the first couple issues of, but like, it's really hard to s- squeeze in levity in the world of Doctor Strange. Yes. <laughs> Necromancing. Well, or else you just laugh at him yeah. because he's like, I didn't do that stuff. And uh, and I like his friend, the uh, the Blade guy, Jonathan Midnight. He's great. There's a million like guys. Watch Venture Brothers. It's all. It's mostly on Hulu. Give that a watch. And then the recent season was great. It only pissed me off because I was like, this is half of a season. I want to see more of these New York adventures. They work so hard to establish all this New York stuff, and it just makes me want more. Uh, and then the other Hanks question was: uh, Since DC Marvel, uh, this is from Spade Slick. Since DC Marvel is so heavily America centric. Uh, what's one location in the world outside of America you would like to see in a superhero comic? I mean, there's so many, but one of my this brought to mind London or England in particular because uh, Knight and Squire are the DC Batman equivalents based in England. Mm. Knight and Squire, Batman and Robin, and they're really neat. And they hired a British author to do a side book, uh, uh, just a four issue thing about Knight and Squire, and it was really good. I actually really liked it, and it was. So very British, including teaching me much about uh, the power of class and accents in England. Like I, I really liked it. Though then when I tweeted, like, "Boy, this this book made me feel super British." What what? <laughs> and then, and then uh, former coworker of mine, Justin Towell, I really like, who is British, says tweeted back, "You know, we don't all say that, right?" <laughs> like, I think he was concerned that I actually thought <laughs> British people actually say what what like yeah. like uh, the Mad King George does yeah. in the Madness of King George, or the owl yeah. from Sword in the Stone, mm-hmm. or the I owl, mean. or the owl from Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, I guess, super proper old men in yeah. cartoons do the do that. Uh, or same with in Chicken Run, that chicken uh, ah. who says what what, who's also played by the man who played the Mad King George, who also was the a uh, fancy villain in Demolition Man. Do you remember that, everybody? I do. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into the question of the week replies. And unless you guys also had an international super spot you enjoyed. I can't even count. Too many Batman versus Superman yeah. reviews popping up. All, <laughs> none, of, none of them are good so far. We're all watching it together. Yeah. Friday, get ready for next Bummer. week's episode. Batman versus Superman talk right. plenty. The question of the week last week was, uh, what was your favorite, uh, what was the comic that got you into comics? And there's a million great stories in there. There's too many to, to say, but... Uh, First off, Rad Mardigan says, I, like a lot of people my age, I'm guessing, was caught up in the early 90s X-Men craze. I collected all the variants of issue number one of X-Men, the Claremont, Jim Lee one, and watched the animated series at the same time. Got me hooked. John Wahizel says, I was reading tons of Spider-Man books as a kid, but the book I really collected up until seventh grade, shamefully, was Archie Sonic. The Archie Hmm. Sonic Hmm. book from number one. Uh, and then Spider-Chan had a really interesting story. In grade school, I was given a set of comic books which sparked my interest in the medium and one of the greatest superheroes ever, Spider-Man. That series was a five-issue arc of Amazing Spider-Man made uh, the, who made a national tour in Canada promoting drug, bike, and road safety. Uh, not only is Spider-Man and Ghost Rider in my hometown of Toronto, he was meeting my beloved Blue Jays, <laughs> and they taught me to wear my helmet when I ride a bike. Thanks, wow. Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, a bonus extra for the Todd McFarlane cover of the Edmonton issue. It's is even crazier. And also, though, Todd McFarlane is a Canuck, so not too shocking. He also is a huge baseball fan. Like I, I got to interview Todd McFarlane once, I mentioned on the oh, show. Yeah. At, in At the Giants game, because he he did art for Assassin's Creed. He loves uh, he loves baseball. And so there was assassin video game night at a Giants game. I went to it, and I got to be in an empty baseball stadium like an hour before <laughs> the game, interviewing Todd McFarlane about stuff. And uh, he was, uh, I think he felt old uh, uh, when I told him he was my first Spider-Man comic, or <laughs> one of my first. And I said, like, yeah, Amazing 308, one of my favorites. He's like, wow, that, uh, that was a long time ago. Pretty sure he bought, like... Barry Bonds' record-breaking home run. He bought the run. McGuire ball first. That's it. He bought, That's and it. then people joked like, oh, his McGuire ball, is not, ball isn't worth all that much since uh, Barry broke it. Yeah. Though both of them use steroids, so fuck it. Uh, Obi Sean Kenobi says, G.I. Joe issue 11. I got it from a newsstand on my way to my grandma's and our grandparents, and I was hooked. Started reading Marvel, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and Batman. I probably learned to read from those books, and there is something about the early 80s comic book that bites me hard in the nostalgia. I have not missed an issue of G.I. Joe, Fantastic Four, or Batman since. (laughs) And then he also shared some classic G.I. Joe commercials. So those are all the replies uh, that are. Though there's a lot more great ones to read in the forum page, which you'll find on LazerTimePodcast.com/slash/forums and comic discussion. And that's also where you'll find people answering this week's question of the week, which we talked about a little bit with the Venture Brothers things. What's your favorite parody of a famous hero from a cartoon show? I mean, Brown Widow is one of my favorites. I also uh, quite enjoy the TV Funhouse Wonder Man. <laughs> The Wonder Man is one of my favorite TV funhouse things. That just like, what if a what if a dirtbag had Superman powers? Who wants to get laid with this lady and then sees her, and, but she's dating someone, and so he throws her fiance into space, writes a letter saying he's leaving her, and then gets and then gets rebound sex with her. He's such a scumbag. I I also just love the sound of like Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Wonder Man. Uh, do you guys have one off the top of your head? Hmm. 
Um, South trying... Park's Seaman. He's good. I, I forget it. I guess it wouldn't be my favorite if I'm straining to recall it, but I think it was either it was either Doug or Rockwell's Modern Life. That quail had, Man. Well, Doug had Quail Man. There oh. were some good Quail Men at uh, that that 5K I did, of which was course. I was gonna do. That. I was thinking about doing that because it's pretty easy. But, but everybody does. Man. I don't have a, cl- a pair of white clean underwear that I can put <laughs> over my pants or a belt. Or... I have a belt. I, I'm wearing one right now. Uh, but Man of Steel Man. I forget who that if that was on uh, oh, Rocco's Modern Life or. Oh wait, no, that was really Rocco's Modern Life. Really, was really, big really, man. really big man. All right, I'm gonna with go with his that nipples one. and chest hair. Oh yeah, there's the, there's powers. the one where he meets the little poots and he and he sits on them. <laughs> yes. That's it. Uh, stupendous man, Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, he looks like a mix between Daredevil, Spider-Man, and uh, Superman. And I remember trying to remake his costume was pretty easy as long yeah. as you could cut a hole in a sheet and tie it around your neck without choking yourself. I love Stupendous Man so much. Yeah. And once I... I never did it, but once I saw the one where he is stupendous man in school and changes in the <laughs> in the uh, locker i it made me go like i could do that i could be the superhero of my school it was <laughs> just seeing when he runs into the classroom like hey kids it's me stupendous man and, you can, and then just <laughs> not sl- calvin and then uh yeah miss wormwood chases right after him <laughs> he's like what it wasn't me it was stupendous man i'm sure he was great Ah, <laughs> uh, good times all right so that's the question of the week what is your favorite parody of a superhero, a famous superhero in a cartoon show? You can answer that lasertimepodcast.com slash forums, or there's a link to it on this week's episode page, which you'll find also lasertimepodcast.com. All right, let's get into plugs because let me they'll warn you after this, that is the Daredevil spoiler talk, but I want to give you guys who haven't finished it yet, free and clear chance to avoid it. But, uh, you know, plugs, Florida episode of Laser Time. Mm-hmm. Yep, I yep. love that one. And the YouTube Stuff. channel, youtube.com slash Laser Time Network. Uh, we did, we streamed the uh, Man of Steel commentary live for everybody. Hank got hammered. Uh, <laughs> I had some did. strong opinions. Man of Steel, I, no, I'm with you. I, my, yeah. my opinion of the movie was not sweetened upon a second viewing. No In way. fact, everything was, everything was heightened into a negative direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did help that Charlie was there. And Charlie showed up for, for no reason. <laughs> if you're a patron at patreon.com slash Laser Time, that MP3 is yours to to enjoy whenever you want mm-hmm. if you didn't if you missed the live version or we put it over on lasertime.com slash bandcamp or lasertime.com lasertime.bandcamp.com you can yes. find that commentary and many others to buy a la carte if you so choose um Oh, and there's 30, 20, 10. Uh, we are, but in Patreon, just saying, it's really yeah, good yeah. right now. Hopefully we'll have some stickers going out it's someday. It's hot, hot, hot at Patreon.com. Uh, Simpsons Season 2 wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, that is a great exclusive. you got to listen to the Simpsons Season so 2 wrap-up. you also get to listen to Bonus Time, which, yeah. if you want a preview of that, one of them just got shared with the world via yeah. lo- YouTube. Uh, uh, and, uh, my favorite episodes were... Uh, Chris and Brad go on a big rant about uh, cable companies, and I talk about how I slipped in bird shit in Reno. The story can now be told to the world. And also, there's, uh, you know, speaking of talking Simpsons, season three just began. Give season three a listen to a stark raving dad. And then uh, coming up after that is Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington, both Mm -hmm. classics. Uh, Dave? And I host the cheap podcast, the pro wrestling podcast. Uh, We're going to have... WrestleMania and NXT predictions on the next episode is going to be oh good. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's it for the regular episode. You will hear the Daredevil stuff after this. But until next time, Excelsior!
Okay, gentle listeners, welcome to a world of fire as we discuss Daredevil season two. Spoiler talk is spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. spoiler. You've been warned. You've been warned. It's just me and Chris. We're the only ones who have finished Netflix's second season of Daredevil, yes. starring Charlie Cox and friends. Uh, so yeah, overall, I'm just gonna quickly say I liked it. I, I I liked it. I really liked it. It's just there's certain things at the end, like the 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 last episode of the previous season mm. is where like well, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Yes. Uh, and and uh, the last couple episodes kind of did that for me, where this enters into like. This seems like a Fox movie. Yeah. This person is a MacGuffin, a living MacGuffin? Well, Hooray. yes, and, and by the end of it, when it's a fight between 800 ninjas and Daredevil, it's yeah. just like, enough ninjas. Like, but I'm, I like was... All that stuff leading up to it, all of the Punisher stuff, mm. is so fucking good. To be honest, it gets worse as it goes. Like, it, not to say it's never bad. I, I still enjoyed it, but it starts so strong with the Punisher stuff... They're like, no, it's time for Electra and Ninja tra- time. Daredevil or Punisher is going to be around some. Uh, yeah. But it was, yeah, Punisher is just so... John Bernthal is the best Punisher ever. Like, he is just so good. Just the, the shape of his face is in, like, smushed up against a jail plate glass window or something like yeah. that. It, like, it, it's... He is the visual embodiment of intensity, the mm-hmm. perfect person to play the super serial Punisher. Uh, I I, I had constantly just going like what you think I do this? I think what? I said I said that earlier. Like this is acquired by Disney, and, and my girlfriend like left the room after seeing a drill go go through a foot. It's like you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. That someone uploaded the prison sequence to YouTube. The yes, pr- like that. that fight in particular, like Jesus Christ. This is as far. No, yeah. I never expected you to go this far. I'm very happy about this. But... I mean, that's almost like they never say the f word, they never say fuck, and they never show nudity. But there's some X-rated what violence. A weird in that world. Stuff. Is... like, but this is so much worse than saying fuck. Yeah, if they showed fuck or showed a nipple. Sorry, not, not worse, but you know what I'm saying. Objectively, from a watchdog parents group mm-hmm. point of view, uh, I, I loved all that stuff. I loved the progression of that character. I liked. I thought I'm like, oh great, they're going to argue about the. Uh, ethics of what each other does. Ethics and, like, and vigilante journalism. And it wasn't. It, that was a really great sequence. Yeah. And like, and and everything after that was like, this is exactly how these characters interplay throughout the universe. Like, you're not my problem. Yeah. I do not condone what you do, but like, as long as we confront each other during a, a serious conflict, yeah. we'll help one another out. We're gonna keep bouncing off each other like bumper cars, mm-hmm. but our real enemy is this guy. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I I think the relationship between Punisher and Daredevil is great. Mm-hmm. I think the one between Elektra and Daredevil is good. I like the Elektra. I don't. No, I, don't I don't hate. I, I do kind of hate the Elektra character, but I mm-hmm. think that's. I think they rely on the idea that guys, Elektra is important. Mm-hmm. I'm a. I know where Elektra stands in the comic universe. I don't think anybody watching that show did, and she's yeah. all of a sudden given a shitload of screen time. And for reasons, as a viewer, I thought were pretty boring. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, and like my threshold for like ninja and mystical stuff is not to- <laughs> like I, I don't love uh, that stuff. I'm not one of those people who prefers that stuff. But like just the idea, oh, so you can real ultra spoiler at the end that she's living black sky. Like really, that she's like, the black sky, whatever that was. This is like everything in the show is so grounded. And you, you just yeah. I could have hung with you on immortality and the band of ninjas, but the idea that like. She, this she's a living secret thing, really. There were like, a number of times where it was there was such level of incredulity. First, from Stick saying to Daredevil, like, "No, seriously, these people have lived eight thousand years, yeah. and we've been fighting each other as long." And Daredevil, like, 
No, you fucking haven't. Like that's that's a lie. <laughs> Even though it is not a lie, it is proven provably true in the show. Yeah. But then that's transferred to when Daredevil's talking to Rosario Dawson, uh, he to, to Night Nurse, he's saying, "So those were ninjas, and they have been reborn, and those children are their zombies." I was like, like he knows it's stupid what he's saying to him. Like the characters, when you have somebody so grounded as yeah. as Frank Castle, mm-hmm. who's like this guy is an Iraq War veteran, yeah. and then he came home and he's shooting people with real guns. It's all just so like in your hands. Like, yep, this is all this stuff. But then you say like, these are all these Japanese ninjas. They've all lived forever. This guy's been. This guy's provably dead. Like, here's his here's his Y incision scar from being over New York. Why they're gonna. They need Electra. Why yeah. they're harnessing children's blood? Blood? Why? And, and like I don't know. I was sort of phasing in and out and checking my phone during those <laughs> sequences. So I, I blame myself partially, but like that, like everything I love about the show is not embodied in those in those elements. Also, of the show. if there's one thing that has diminishing returns, it is a daredevil fight against dozens of people because it's just like yeah. If I had to see him in slow motion do that spinning cartwheel kick again, <laughs> I'm like, I get it. You spun and kick yeah. like. The, the the scene with the the long the prolonged sequence with the dogs of hell to mimic the, the second episode of the first season yeah. like amazing like yeah. I, that's what kind of sucks about the show is its best elements are very much encapsulated in the first four episodes I, yeah I mean once the once Punisher goes to jail the end of issue episode four it does kind and of lose a little, a little uh, steam you guys had not seen the whole show yet and you're like man I'm I don't know how they're gonna do the show without Wilson Fisk, and I'm just like I get this. I got to sit there and laugh for like a oh, day yeah, as you were like, "Yeah, it sucks without Fisk," and like you get plenty of them. We're like, at some yeah, point. yeah, we were one episode away from Fisk's return, and, and, which, and that I thought that was really neat. Like, the, uh, it reminded me, like, oh yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio was awesome as yeah. Fisk. I missed him. Yeah, as Kingpin. I love that version of Kingpin. It is mm. different from the comics. It is different from Michael Clark Duncan's, who was, I am super smart and powerful and imposing, and this this this. Fisk is. Just, I'm really unstable. Yeah, I, I'm. I really like. That. I'm also pretty strong. I'm also but, really fucking strong. Yeah, but he's like, I, I. He doesn't have every corner of something covered, but he knows how to dominate stuff. Yeah. and just the way he goes, like, you know, I maybe didn't know this. And uh, the, the idea of like, he is waiting in jail, biding his time, but has the power to get out whenever he feels. Yeah. Like it. Okay. So there were a few things. I said this on Twitter, and I stand by it, that it is, I know it is silly to complain on a show about a radioactive blind mm-hmm. samurai who is also a lawyer. It's not it having things that stretch logic to the breaking point. Yeah. But for real, if the most famous person in vigilante history mm-hmm. was arrested and went to jail, he could not escape in a week. It would. I don't care how much control... Wilson Fisk has a bit like they didn't, they didn't harp on that 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 the logistics of it yeah but it just implied that like he's got to wait this out because he doesn't want a life on the run like he wants to be reunited no, with Fisk his... wants that but I'm just like yeah okay so but I like that it was just leave, light, but... like very he didn't even see a scheme really it was yeah. just like yeah he's in a different he's in the riot gear and he's gonna walk the fuck yeah, out let him out I mean he'll be hunted for the rest of his life but it just suggests that like he still got access to a dick load of money uh, this entire city is corrupt and wonderfully corrupt and Daredevil and Punisher have never been so necessary. Yeah, you know what I was dying the for? The reluctance on, on Punisher's face when he's doing that though. Yeah. Because you know, like, I am violating a form of justice here just by yeah. leaving. and doing what a horrible criminal yeah. wants me to do. Yeah. But 
but he also that's that's the power of Pun- of Kingpin too. The Kingpin, the, the his quick fight with Punisher mm-hmm. was very so clear. The Kingpin cool. was like, "You've earned my respect by not dying when I put you in an <laughs> obvious death trap." That he killed he killed sixteen people in jail. That's also something nobody gets to yeah. escape from jail from. Uh, but but the Kingpin's like, okay, so clearly you're hard to kill, but you also can't kill me in one on one fights because I'm strong too, and you just got beat the fuck up. So how about we just like just say like you know what you go your way I'll go mine buddy and why don't you want to kill this blacksmith dude and all right you know we talked about it quickly before recording but Brett saying wow Clancy Brown in this thing was like it sucked because we are in serious spoiler territory Brett is at a point where like who is that guy who came on the stand to defend Punisher during his trial and like why is it Clancy Clancy Brown is like that guy seems too famous to be in that briefest sequence and like. That's exactly what I said. Yes. Knowing full well we'd see more of this character. Yeah. When he came back again, I my two thoughts in that scene were, this guy is going to die. Like, this guy's... This is when they bring back a character for the second time. Like, there's... It's a bad it, problem. I actually, in, I actually thought I he was... I figured he was dead. But it was a, but instead it was a reveal he was the villain. And then also his death. But he, And he is definitely dead. He was shot in the head, but you, man. It's like... They showed, they showed a shotgun blast to the face. Yeah. They didn't show... They showed, they showed a bam and a splatter, and it definitely... I do not want to speculate this much. It looks like he's dead. I but they didn't show it, and that's, that, that's a character you have to show dying. Because I, I was trying to rack my brain, like, who the fuck is Punisher's main villain? Like, like is that who yeah. that is? Though once Punisher was reactivated and got his arsenal back, I just love that he... <laughs> He, I was waiting for him to start shooting ninjas because here these fucking ninjas are like we just shoot arrows and we have swords just waiting for Punisher to show up like headshot, 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 headshot just, that's I, I, I guess I shouldn't complain about leaps in logic because the, the look of like a 1950s car riddled with arrows in 2016 <laughs> Manhattan is mm. fucking sweet really it was like pretty that. cool oh, so that was another, speaking of straining credulity it was I love Karen Page on the show. I think she she her, her part this Another year problem. was much expanded, mm-hmm. expanded and did well. And I liked her relationship with Matt on the show. Here's I, the I, she she started to remind me of Elijah. Cooper I was going to say the exact same thing like because if she's going to be given a level playing a level uh, the third the third role the trio if she's one of the trio she has to constantly be getting herself in danger because she's not she's not as strange like she's not a fighter mm-hmm. she's not a killer. So when, but she constantly has to be in these scenes. So she is kidnapped, like mm-hmm. in by the end of the show, which some seem to take place in a series of like five days in a row. Mm-hmm. She's kidnapped on four of those days. Yeah, <laughs> like she's kidnapped that yeah, much, like, like constantly. The final time she's kidnapped by the by the ninjas, mm-hmm. she should just been like, like it's a living, like yep, kidnapped again. I was just kidnapped and walked to my death by Clancy Brown. So. A day later, like a day later, it felt like she's been kidnapped by ninjas. They don't even show her being taken just because I bet they were saying, <laughs> this is, we can't have her caught again. Yeah. Like the same with the cop, like the cop sees her again, like Karen, you're here too. Like you can't be at every crime scene. Yeah. This is impossible. Yeah. I have to arrest you just based on pure suspicion of it is impossible. Yeah. You would be at every crime scene. <laughs> it, uh, that again, it was just, I don't hate it, but it is too many times the yeah. same plot. It's just yeah. the repetitiveness that reminds and, you of how silly it is. Because my, my girlfriend was watching her fall in love with it, and like 
oh god, they're gonna have she's gonna have a relationship with Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. She's fucking dead. Yes. There's no way she makes it. Through. I did not think she'd make it throughout the season. I did not see yeah. her her turn coming at all. Uh, I, I, I'm really baffled, and, and I do think it was powerful, and I'm glad they did it in the first season. But the death of Ben Urich. I, I really wish that hadn't happened lot, because yeah. that should have been all Ben Urich stuff. Yeah. And I, I think a part of me just wants to see uh, Nelson and Murdoch together. And, and I was like, sad to see them pretty definitively yeah. break up. I wouldn't be surprised if season three they get back together. Yeah, again, or if that, or if, if weirdly Foggy has another guest, a prominent just, guest starring role in Jessica Jones. He's just in season two of Jessica Jones. Seeing Carrie Ann Moss was quite a nice surprise. That was, it was. one of my favorite, one of my favorite guest appearances in the whole thing. One right? of the only guest appearances. Yeah, I guess it's just her and Rosario Dawson, right? <laughs> well, she's the. I mean, if you count Fisk, I guess Fisk is another one. No, I mean Rosario Dawson. She plays a huge role in Daredevil, or she did the first part of the season. Is the yeah. only only crossover character from Jessica Jones. No, I mean when she's in Jessica Jones, she's they, it felt like an afterthought of like, oh, it's the last episode. We really should get Rosario Dawson. I, I don't. I'm I'm not upset with the cameos. How these series no. crossover. Uh-huh. We had talked about earlier. We're, we're bummed that they don't get to mess around with the MCU. We'll never yeah. see RDJ or Sam Jackson on these shows. But it is you. I could easily see a complaint. So like, really, the only intermingling are the lawyer and the nurse. <laughs> Yeah. No, the, these characters never talk to one another. Never see hope, one another. You think Luke Cage? I really thought Luke Cage was going to pop up. How did that not yeah. happen? Uh, there was a Luke Cage teaser mm-hmm. at the end of the season, which people posted immediately online, and mm-hmm. I wrote about it. You can read it on LazyPodcast. Came up like it. Yeah, it's kind of at the end of the credits. But who has ever watched credits I, on I Netflix? Didn't. Usually, oh, Netflix yeah. is skipping me to something I don't want to yeah. see. Well, because also the secret is Netflix credits are like two minutes long because yeah. they have to. They have to credit every you uh, like every place it's in. Like mm-hmm. and now the German credits, now the France credits, now yeah, Japanese. I love how they don't get music. Yeah, silence. Well, why spend money on music? People immediately like, yeah, play the next episode. Fuck this. I don't want. I don't care about your credits. I don't care who made something. Again, I've always, there's no reason to even say this. Put myself on the limb. Daredevil will be seen somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I can't. How have you not seen it? Just steal it. How do you not have a Netflix yeah. account? Uh, you his, have to see it. It's not on DVD. I know that. Um, his costume, I thought, really got better, too. I like yeah. they redesigned his mask. I mean, there were still times where, like, it's weird he's having this conversation in a costume with Madame Gal mm-hmm. or whatever. But mostly I liked it. I didn't think they needed There were only a few times where, like, he needs to get his mask off to fully emote for this scene. Other Most of the time it was, like, nope, keep mask on. He can emote enough. And uh, it also felt like a similar thing that... Season finale in this one was when Electra and Punisher just go, oh, yeah, I should wear a costume. <laughs> just like last season where at the end of last season, like, oh, yeah, I should wear a costume. I'm Daredevil. I liked also the tease of next season. The mm-hmm. What I think is going to happen is definitely Born. I think Born Again, a version of that's going to happen because when I love the bit where Fisk is touching his face where he got punched by Murdoch. And that you can, I felt you could see in his head going like, I've been punched like this before by the yeah. somebody too. Like I think that's him beginning to figure out Murdoch yeah, I is there. There was devil. something in their in their uh, exchange in the prison that led let me believe like mm-hmm. yeah, Fisk knows. Well, when he punched him, he says, "Oh yes, a boxer shot." Mm-hmm. Like that at least that at the in that moment explains why he thinks it's weird that a blind man punched him that well. Mm-hmm. But then the more he thinks about it, while you know staring at his white wall, he loves so much. Uh, I. Yeah, I really liked it. I would. I think I'd actually might put it below Jessica Jones really? season one. I really like Jessica Jones season one. No, no, I, I think Daredevil. Like, I think I think 
Jessica Jones was all in all way because it got way better mm. as it, it got better in every episode. Whereas this, I'm, it did. It it's did front ends with bit. the best stuff. Yeah. Like I did it's love front the, loaded. The uh, the first episode three where he's chained mm-hmm. to the chimney mm-hmm. is taken directly from a Garth Ennis Punisher book, except. In the Garth Ennis book, he makes Punisher look like a dweeb who who is beaten beaten morally by the Punisher. In this one, Daredevil finds a way. They're much a much more equal footing. I like that scenes redo quite a bit. I also did. I'm looking forward to. I think a Punisher show is in the works. Like that is, scene was that not him, confirmed. No, it has not been. Okay. But the scene of him getting that disc that says Micro on it, like that's. <laughs> That won't be followed. I don't think that'll be followed up in a Deadpool, Daredevil season three. It does seem to be too big for that. Yeah, I think. And John Bernthal fucking owns it again. He is the star. I really like the Electra of it. I can see why mm-hmm. Frank Miller said that's not his Electra. Because his Electra... Did he say that? Yeah, he mm-hmm. said that. Though he also is riddled with cancer and like you know his brain isn't... <laughs> it's an old man we allow to talk every yeah, once in a while. Just like Stick. An uh-huh. old man, you just go like, oh, Stick. I do love but the actor who plays Stick. He's great. He yeah. plays blind better than Charlie Cox does. I feel like Charlie Cox gave up on that. Halfway. Most... It's in, in some scenes. In other scenes, no. There's, there's some scenes like I had to remind, like, oh, Heidi, he's blind. Really? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, and you also said sometimes he, they should have done a second take with his accent. Yes, his accent. I don't know. It shouldn't bug me, but it does. It's one of those things. But now Frank Miller said that's not his Electra, and I think what he means is that Electra in the books, as he draws her, mm-hmm. is about, I'd say, four inches taller and has about, like, 40 more pounds of meat on her, whether it is in a more curvy body or also muscle. Like, mm-hmm. she's... Meanwhile, the Electra in the show is very lithe, though the actress herself is is a real-life martial artist, too. Really? I'm not saying... Or she she has those skills. Like, she was mm-hmm. in G.I. Joe 2, mm. and they hired her because she knows martial arts. Yeah, stuff. Like, the, the, those sequences with her were pretty cool. Yeah. Also, were cool with the little kid they hired to play young Electra, because they're like, whoa, mm-hmm. where'd they find this ninja kid? That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, though, in the books... Ellie was never trained by Stick. She was on her own and then found by the hand. And, like, there's a scene in Man Without Fear where uh, Stick makes it very clear. He says, you don't fraternize with her. She's on the evil side. Mm -hmm. But in the show, Stick tried to save her but couldn't. Or could? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, now she's... Is that a cliffhanger? Well, no, I guess he couldn't save her. Because now she's going to be reborn by the hand. I would bet she'll be back in season two, but uh, I would I prefer a Punisher series. On yeah, its just own. like I, the, usually, like the last season of Daredevil used flashbacks very sparingly. Even Jessica Jones, this this was riddled with it in a way that reminded me of Lost. Like, why is it only important to see who Elektra is? Yeah, like I get it. They dated. They have a relationship. I understand mm-hmm. that, and she's kind of nuts. I, Actually, I, the scenes where she kind of nuts. That I, I saw people bring up that her uh, that the way the show stylized the mid two thousands cutbacks uh-huh. were, oh, people parted their hair differently back then, and they had bigger phones. That's the <laughs> mid two thousands, and that's that's it. But I also, oh, I didn't even mention Foggy Nelson. Uh, he really comes into his own this season. Like there are so many great scenes where he goes like, oh no, I'm the better lawyer here. Mm-hmm. I'm really good. I'm not a joke. Like. I really enjoyed that. I think that actor really got a chance to shine, and whether he's in Jessica Jones season two or uh, return or is just comes back for season three of Daredevil, whatever it is, I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, you can buy the whole season on iTunes. I just wanted to check. What? Yeah, 
thirty dollars to buy an HD. Wow. Or or just eight dollars a month of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know who doesn't have Netflix mm-hmm. now, honestly. But all right, that's our Daredevil spoiler talk. If you guys want to have a chat about it in the comments, you can. But you know, be careful to mark spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And maybe we'll have like a brief installment next week, just when Brett's done with it. I, I would like to hear Brett's spoiler thoughts on it. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. You heard it before, but I'll say it again. Excelsior! Excelsior!